0: good news is your dates are here.
1: What's the bad news?
0: They're dead. Ah. Ah. See, a United States astro-robot becomes a creature of death. And oh. days. We have come here to this planet for one purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. Who breaks the law! Shall be punished! Back to the house of pain! Back to the house of pain!
2: Hello everyone and welcome to Bots, Bugs and Bees. The Mook Podcast from class, the cults, and the cheese in between the movies are beeped. The entertainment is grade A. And I'm your host, Mr. Jason Giaconetti. And I'm joined once again by my dad, Mr. Al Giaconetti. Good morning,
1: Jason. Uh, today we have a, a movie from 1980 that uh, I, I would say set the set the bar for all the movies to come. Uh, whether whether you like it or not, whether whether you think it's good or bad, but we're going to do Maniac.
2: Yeah, and we'll get to it right after this.
0: Lock your doors. But you can't lock the madman out of your mind.
2: of you. Maniac was released in late 1980, December 1980, but it actually has an official release date for New York City of January 30th, 1981, and then in Los Angeles, March 6th, 1981, with an 88-minute running time. Your budget has been purported, and again, this is reported budget, of $350,000. There are some rumors that their budget was actually closer to, like, $50,000, $50,000, right. um, and that it was all cobbled together. Supposedly, Joe Spinell kicked in 6000 of his own bucks, and it was a lot of people just cobbling money together. So over the whole course of it, it might have gotten that high, but those numbers seem a little high, maybe. But again, it doesn't matter. Its box office was $10 million. So at a $350,000 investment, $10 million uh, return on investment, there is no wonder why these movies are literally were being made, you know, hand over fist. So, uh, okay. Your director here is uh, Will Lusting. Now, Will Lusting, um, most people know him from uh, Blue Underground when later on that was the DVD, Blu-ray company and DVD company that he founded. And that's where these movies came from. So movies that were lost. This movie was lost for a long time. And Will Lusting went back and got this and Maniac Cop and all the movies that he made and put them out. And that became when the boom in the late uh, mid nineties, late t- uh, late nineties, when the DVDs all of a sudden, of these movies that were lost started happening again. You can thank Will Lusting for that. Now he is a director, um, and here he's producer on this movie as well. Um, but what you'll you'll realize is that he's in, in, intricate into a lot of the different things that happen because Will Lusting uh, is, you know, he's 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 a New York City guy. He's you know he's from New York City, um, and again he's known as. A, a you know a director, and he hasn't directed uh, I you know tons of movies, but he's known for Maniac Cop Two, Maniac Cop Three, Uncle Sam, Maniac Cop, right? And this, but those he's more known in his producer role and in helping get these things off the ground. Your uh, your screenwriter here, uh, C. A. Rosenberg and Joe Spinelli. Now Joe Spinelli also gets story credit here, um, and he's the star of the movie. Um, that's the way to keep your costs down. Have the guy who writes it. Uh, also, yeah. get a sweetie call and be starring in it. And of course, uh, the other big name star here is uh, Carolyn Monroe. And Carolyn Monroe, you will remember from uh, you know what, Sinbad in the uh, the Golden Voyage of Simbad, right? Of course. And we remember her from her time at Hammer and uh, where you know um, and what was it? Uh, the, uh, the 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 there's numbers of other ones. She was in I forget what Bond movie, but she's you know she's a she's a Bond girl yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Um, and you know, obviously, you yeah. know that's somebody who, um, you know, that and she, she was, she was the spy and the spy who loved me. That's what she is. She yeah. also, um, she play. And she's also, uh, uh, in Superman in, uh, in, in 77. Right. So yeah. the idea is that those are the only two people in this entire movie besides Tom Savini that anybody knows because everyone else is and not trying to be mean, not anybody who ever did anything else beyond yeah. this. And the thing with you know, Spinell is that, uh, he was always, you know, the, the third or fourth banana and, and mm-hmm. anything, but he was the, he's the bookie in, in Rocky. In Rocky. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what everyone knows him from besides yeah. this is that he's the, he's the guy in there, but he looks like a guy you would find down at the dock in like, you know, New York city or right. find at the, whatever your CD place you're going in Philadelphia or whatever, but that's what it is. Yeah. You know? So, but, uh, like I said, so, and then you're, um, so maniac is, uh, notorious for not only its minuscule budget, it's also notorious for the way it was shot, which we'll talk more about as we go. And it's uh, notorious for the special effects by Tom Savini. Tom Savini did the special effects for this movie. Um, he has often said that he felt he went too far with some of the special effects um, to the point where, um, very famously, Gene Siskel uh, got up in the middle of the movie. And I'll talk about that when it ha- and walked out and then went on Siskel and Ebert. Said that this movie had um, there was no redeeming value this entire movie that there's nothing good here and how you know it's just absolute trash that <laughs> you can't buy publicity like you, you that right. you you would love to be able to buy that but you can't and it just was that so you wanted to say yeah the, what I wanted to say was is
1: that the the I I had not seen this movie in many 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 years mm-hmm. and I'm sure that if we and I must have seen it on TV because I no, don't have no no. But, then You've I'm, never
2: seen this on TV. Well, the I'm, only way you ever saw it when I when it first came out, I was in I was in uh, Albany in grad school. Okay, the day it came out, I knew it was coming out. Went to Best Buy. And I class Tuesday morning. Went at ten a.m. when Best Buy opened. Bought the one copy they had. Okay, came home and watched it. Brought it home and said, "You have to watch this. This is insane." So that's twenty years ago. Yes, it's so, twenty years ago.
1: I, I did not remember. I did I? I remembered Spinell being in there, and I remembered Savini, but I don't remember the movie. But what I must say is that when when you, when you put on the DVD, any, anybody. You know, a lot of times the, the DVD has a, a I don't want to say a preview, and before that, before you actually have to hit play to watch the movie. So the okay, so that's
2: a menu screen. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah.
1: And and it was it, this had a creepy opening before you actually had to hit play, and it was really effective. That I mean, it hooked me right away, and then uh, uh, then then right away it's within two minutes of the movie starting is the is the first kill. Yeah. So and then it's unrelenting for the for the
2: rest of the rest of the film. Yeah. So. Uh, one of the things that uh, again this movie is known for, and now it never was officially listed as a video nasty, um, but it also wasn't released in a lot of places. They wouldn't, they, this would, uh, it was not allowed to be released overseas. Um, it was banned. It was so last Christmas we talked about uh, Silent Night Deadly, yeah. right? Which was the controversy and stuff, and that was pulled after a couple weeks, so it never got a chance to make the money. The problem was Silent Night Deadly Night. Had the audacity to make Santa Claus a killer, and that upset a lot of parents and uh, moms' groups, and whatever. Here, this movie is brutal and and gross and disgusting at parts, right? But you're not making it's not, he's not, Joe Spinell not dressed as Santa Claus, right? right? Nobody cares that he's right, exactly right. So, the whole thing is though, it wasn't aimed at any, none of the ads were ever aimed at any children or to be diverse. The ads for this movie, the trailers for this movie, are very straightforward. What you have there's nothing nice, there's nothing pleasant, there's nothing yeah. upbeat here. But this movie, if nothing else, and and I can else, and, and I I promise we'll get to everything else here in a minute. But if nothing else, this movie reminds you of what New York City used to look oh, like. Oh no, this is right. Get, this is, we, we talked about this with Chud, right? Remember, yeah. and we talked about this with um, um, the Q, Q. right? And kind of thing like right? when we talk about what New York City looks like. This is 1979, 1978, 79, early 80s, New York City. Right. It's gross, it's grimy, it's there's prostitutes, it's disgusting. And they actually they actually shot right
1: on 42nd oh, yeah. Street. I mean, this is this it's is all about, real. There's, there's about, no sets. It's, <laughs> about, it's about as it's about as seedy as you can get. Yeah. And I, I would bet that a lot of the, the people in the background are the people that we're better there. Who don't even know they're being. They filmed. don't even know they're yeah. being filmed. It's very
2: guerrilla style. This is why this maybe, and this is what Lil Lusting was able to do. This was shot. Um, it was just shot in the let's shoot and get away. Right. Um, there's there's times when they're shooting like on a beach. They don't have permits. They have permits for nothing. They're they're by what the Brooklyn Bridge at one point right there, or that the what, what bridge are they by? Um, yeah, when, when the, the Brooklyn Bridge. The Brooklyn Bridge. Right. They, but it's clearly. Off a side street somewhere where people can't see, but there's going to be tension in a minute because you have a you turn the lights on, shoot. you got to do turn the lights off, get away. Yeah, again, at this time, the the one element
1: that uh, that you didn't have because because of because it was so seedy, and and everybody knew it. You didn't have a huge police no. uh, presence because there was nothing that they could do. They could go and, and, and arrest ten prostitutes on Forty Second and 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 Seventh. But on Forty Third and Seventh, there's another twenty five. Yeah. So th- what are they going to do? They're going to fill those the things up. And that was that. Believe it or not, that was the whole premise of uh, Mayor Mayor Koch when he came. Oh, in,
2: right, right, they, yeah.
1: Again, he had, like the city can't be this way. When David Dinkins was the mayor, the city was in, was was in ruins.
2: And, well, no, but, Giuliani really cleaned up no, no, and changed it. it and no, but made Giuliani, it like, Giuliani is made, 20 years later. Right, but I'm saying when Giuliani came through, that's what that's the New York City people know now. That's the Disney store right. and, yes. and stuff like that. Right. That's Giuliani. So those of you thinking like, whoa, what are you talking about? Later on, Rudy Giuliani went in and he changed things. He made it like the ESPN uh, spyware. Right. Right, right. right. Those things was later. Yeah. That's what people – so I remember, Dad, is that you're remembering a New York because you remember New York from way back. If, if you're 40 – you may not have ever been oh. to New York when you're little, so you right. may not have been to New York till you're twenty. Well, that's to twenty. I mean, it's now you're talking; it's already been changed. Yeah. Giuliani's changed it. I mean, that's not that's not that far. Twenty years ago, you know. I mean, if 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 you're forty and you're there twenty years ago, nine eleven's already happened. Like this is crazy stuff. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Like, yeah, the, that's what New York you, is not like that in we, the eighties.
1: We used to when we used to go down to the city before me before we. Well, this is after we got married, but before we got married, we would take the subway. <clears throat> from where we lived to go down to uh down to times square and you, believe it or not you would there were real movie theaters down there yeah like the, like the criterion theater the, the, yes. the low east state and so but when you got off the, tr- the subway and the subways had graffiti on every square inch of it yeah. that they were absolutely filthy and but that was but, you, but that was what it was but when you got off the subway. At at Forty Second Street because the Criterion was on Forty Third and the state was at Forty Second so you couldn't get they had to get off at yeah, you know, between, 50th right, or forty right, second. Right, right. You if you had any money, it was in your sneaker. It wasn't in your pocket, yeah. and you had you had to swivel your head. I don't know how as many times to make sure that you weren't being followed. Not that you were going to be mugged. They they were they were just seedy people. The, the streets were just lined mm-hmm. with 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 homeless.
2: Yeah. And, and it stunk. I mean, so... Okay, so what people... So the thing is, people look and, back on, but people talk about like well, the, 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 the 40, the 40 deuce and the things like that. Like they look back at this now as it like, it's a thing. Right. But I'm like, that's because those people who are looking back like, Oh, it must've been some, so great. No it, no, it wasn't. Cause you weren't living there. And that's, and, right. and this is, and this is someone who didn't live there. I didn't right. live in that. And, but you, I know when we were little, we would go, and this is the mid eighties Right. go to like a Ranger game. You get off at grand central and you would walk around right. Times square, which right. is not, and, and you couldn't go to Bryant park. I've had lunch in Bryant Park now. Bryant Park is beautiful. Yeah. Bryant Park was Needle Park. They made a yeah. movie about yeah. it. For, and right. Right. Park. This is what I'm saying. This is the New York that people don't know. Right. And it, that, and this movie is that. Yeah. It is that to the T. And that's why I think people this that's why I think some people don't understand this movie when, when they see it. They're like, Well, this can't be real. The, someone killing somebody, right, is or, in, in a city could happen. See, you have to also remember, Dad, is, like, at, at 42 years old, Son of Sam was not in my, it's not my lifetime, right. right? But when the Son of Sam was killing people, people were terrified to go outside if your birthday fell on a certain date, di- because he could kill you. Right. And it wasn't like, now you're like, well, they'll get him with this, and they have these cameras. What cameras? What? It was, it was knocking on doors and asking questions and that kind of police work it wasn't done like it is now i mean there was no today there are cameras on every street well not just that there's a camera in your pocket there's a camera everywhere it's you're being filmed so like like when you watch law and order and they were saying oh we caught them on this watch go back and watch law and order but go back to like season one season two when it's the early 90s when they're like well that building has a camera where's the next camera it's down the street and around the corner now you watch Law and Order, and literally every single building has a camera. Like we caught him here, we caught him here, we caught him here. Yeah, that didn't happen. You now you're talking about before it was even quote unquote you know secure with right. that stuff. The the, the 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 scary part is is that the the when things are real in a movie, like you know you know we watch a movie, folks, and you see like oh that's New York City, and you're like okay no that's really Toronto, and you can tell it's Toronto. Yeah. It doesn't look like it. At no point in this movie you saying, hey, I wonder if this is Toronto. Hey, I wonder if they shot... Now, could they have shot some parts of this maybe in like Hoboken or something? Maybe some interiors and stuff? Yeah, any interior could be anywhere. But when he's on the streets of New York, when he's walking around, it is 100% New York City, grimy, dirty, disgusting, the horrible city it used to be. And whether you like New York City now or you still find it insane like I do because it's just nuts, all these people literally living that close together... The idea is that this movie is real. Now, I'm going to say this now. If you have decided that you have not seen this movie, you should go watch it before you listen to us talk about it. Because you need to kind of understand the grime we're talking about and the, what we're talking about when we go. But I'm going to tell you this right now. And I should have said this earlier, but hey, we're 17 minutes in. and be ready. Do not show this to your child, your son, your daughter, whatever, until they are old enough to be able to handle this. So my daughter watches every single thing under the sun with me. She watched, She loves Aliens, and she watches – I mean, she's now asking me – we already watched the um, Happy Birthday, to you, Happy Death Day to You and Happy Death Day 2 right, kind of thing. She's already asking about, so can I start watching these uh, – can I watch It? Can I watch It Part 2? And I'm like, well, do you want to watch the original? She's like, I don't know. Is it scary? I'm like, it's scary. It's like – so she wants to kind of – she watches everything, blood, gore. As long as there's not any overt sex in the movie, it doesn't matter. She, she's okay. She loves that stuff. She's not allowed to watch maniac. There's no way in the world. She's going to watch this until she gets much older and can handle it. She's not going to watch this movie because it's too much for her. Right. I mean, she, she looks at stuff and she can understand that it's fake. And she knows that clearly someone's not cutting someone's arm off for real or, you know, or, you know, the alien bursting out of someone's chest isn't real, but this movie is just, it's too realistic for that. So, just forewarning you, if you had any doubts whether you should be showing this to somebody, this R rating, or technically, this movie's technically unrated. I mean, it says R on the box, yeah. but it's really unrated, because there's there's no way this got an R.
1: I mean, it's it's as close to an X as you can get, yeah, be, it, but because there's no... There was no, no NC-17 back then, it, it was
2: right. X. And yeah. X meant porn. And the problem right, was... Exactly. It, this exactly. So, there's not a lot of... There's no it's very little porn, if anything. You no, know? well, no, there's very little nudity or right. whatever. There's... Um, it's it's but it's it's so graphic and so disturbing and so it's okay. So the most I can describe this movie to is Henry the Serial Killer, right? With right. Michael Rooker, right? And when people saw that, I mean, people lost their minds. They were like, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, "Okay, this reminds me of Maniac." Right? And well, in well, for that reason, well, that's what I said is that this movie was
1: was the precursor and probably the template that that, that a lot of follow
2: follow on movies, you know, well, used yeah, movies tried to be this. Anyway, right, so let's get going with the story. So. Yeah. Like Dad said, the movie opens, there's a beach, and there's a couple, and they're obviously enjoying the, their time together. And so the guy goes, I'm going to get some firewood, and he walks away, and she's like, oh, you're back already? And he kills both of them. The movie opens with uh, two, with with, the, he, with the, the the guy getting killed, killed first, first, and then he kills the woman, and it's like, yep, you know exactly, as soon as you start, sure, this movie... Three minutes in, and two yeah, were dead. Yeah, two people already... I mean, I don't mean dead like... Like in Jaws, where she goes for a right. swim and it's is shot tastefully. This looks like somebody's got a camera and it's shooting a snuff film. That's right. probably the best way to describe this. It again, this is Henry the serial killer will take a lot from this movie. The scenes where they would film it and then watch it back and stuff. Right. They're not watching it back, but that's how this movie's shot. You feel like Will Lusting is just like, okay, Joe, listen to me go over there, and murder the heck out of those two people. I'm going to film it from over right here, and then we'll run away. And it's not, I mean, but it's not too far off, because they had zero permits. So the beach scene, right. there's no permit. They just got a part on the beach somewhere. Well, or, you know,
1: I mean, you could you could drive to, uh, to, to the to, to let's say,
2: Rockaway Beach, mm-hmm. or, or yeah. Jones Beach, yeah. you know. Just as, find a spot, just film find. it, and then get out of there. Yeah. So, um, all right, so where are we here? Okay, so uh, Joe Spinell, he plays Frank Zito. Now, the name alone tells you where, you know, kind of thing is, it's very, the, the name, Frank Zito has been used again in other movies, and they use that as a name, so it's an homage back to this. Um, it's very much, you know, it kind of fits exactly who the, the guy is, uh, you know, uh, so it's, okay, so we we, we turned game. Okay, so Frank is, let's just get it out of the way. He was abused as a child by his mother who was a prostitute. So let's just get that out of the way. And that makes him become a serial killer. So as long as you understand that premise, folks, you're good to go. They don't tell you that right away. But he murders women, scalps them, and then brings them back and attaches him mannequins. So once you understand that this is a damaged individual who is, was, a, was abused by his mother who was a prostitute, you start understanding a lot of what happened in this movie. This movie is not super deep. It's like The Blob. There's not a lot of story to it. Yeah. But well, you know, but it's not like the blob in the, the story, but I think there's not super deep story. That's it. That's the story. Yeah. So, well, that thing is that when i when I'm watching the movie and the, the when
1: you see Spinell early in the movie, he's at his, his, his apartment. Yeah, there his apartment room. yeah. Yeah, He's got tons of dolls. And so oh, the, mannequins, mannequins. Well, again, I call them dolls. What, when I said is I said, what would all the dolls? Uh-oh, then I found out. Yeah. I mean that's exactly so, what,
2: I, right. that's what
1: i wrote. So what after I,
2: he he wakes up from having a nightmare about killing the couple on the beach, he dresses and he leaves the apartment and goes right into Times Square. And it is Times Square. Right? Um, he randomly is invited. Okay, so invited. there's two For there's sure. two hookers. He's going on a date. Right. There's two hookers, right? And they're talking, and when she's like, I better I gotta make this to make my my, my numb under whatever right. her 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 pimp is gonna beat her. Like, I mean, it's it seems real because, and again, I'm not accusing either of these women for being prostitutes, but they sure look the part. Yeah. Okay. So he walks up and, um, so the prostitute who is actually played by, uh, uh Rita Matrone, um, she says, you want to have a party? You can just go inside. They get the room, right? And they go up to the room. And, and um, so she's, so she comes out and he's, he tells her to, to leave the clothes, to leave her clothes on. And then or wants you to do like, did you have model. And it's like, it's completely weird, but this is now a prostitute with a John and this, and it's the, it's, it's not, this is see this. Okay. So everyone thinks that they're like, Oh, you mean like pretty woman? Like, it's not no. pretty woman. Like no. that's fake. This is probably closer to what really happened. You know, kind of thing. I'm not saying that he's going to murder her and scalper, but this is the kind of thing it's, it wasn't, it wasn't some rich, whatever guy picking up Julia Roberts, you know, who happens to be a hooker. it This is, Someone who looks like she probably does a whole lot of crack, or you know, whatever, right. and a guy who's a, a piece of garbage and you know, who can't get anything in the way. Yeah, okay, you, know, you know what this, what, what right. that, what she
1: reminded me of, or that right. when we went to when I took Luke down. To okay, see, uh, well, that, that was
2: that was Iron Maiden, oh. and uh, yeah, Luke. Okay, so Dad and Luke went down because that same day Kelly and I went to Albany to see Jerry Seinfeld. A very different experience. And you went with Luke to see Iron Maiden at the Hammerstein Ballroom. Yeah. And, and there was a, while
1: well, we're waiting on line, and the line is, is, is pretty long, and th- at this point they were frisking, it was the time when everybody got frisked, yeah. right, and, which was 1998, Nin- 98,
2: 98, 98, 98 or 99, right? It, it was
1: right 98, because the- Luke was graduating high right, school. Right,
2: it's, it's, yeah, so it's like summer of 98, it's because yeah. I was already in school and I went back up.
1: And, and there was a there was a prostitute uh, leaning up, against, well, she wasn't leaning, she was actually sitting on by the wall, and the line of guys... And there wasn't any women in this line, we we're all. And so she's sitting right in front of us, and she looked disgusting. Yeah. And so you say to yourself, "Geez, I don't care how horny I could be, how could I possibly give this woman money? <laughs> yeah, to do right. something."
2: And that's exactly what this yeah, what, what they what look what like. this yeah. is. Yeah. So um, she starts kissing him before he abruptly s- snaps, strangles her. And then scalps her. Now, this scalping is not the best work Savini does in this movie. The blood here looks a little off color to me. Now, Savini always talks about how blood looks through a camera and stuff like that. And I can respect Tom Savini. Um, his Because, again, he learned not by going to school. He learned by going to Vietnam and taking pictures of people blown apart to bits, right. And that's why his stuff is always pushing that boundary. Um this scene might be the the weakest of the bunch of when he's with the with the, with the by the way, but the blade doesn't look as real, and, right. and the blood doesn't look real. You understand what's going? On and you're like, okay, is this what it's going to be? Is it going to be hammerish blood? Because it looks very hammerish, yeah, right. you know, red like yeah. the, like the red paint. Um, but he he cuts her, he, he scalps her. He then returns home and dresses the mannequin in the dead prostitute's clothes and nails the scalp well. to the top of the head. I don't mean to laugh, but like. You're thinking, i going. Okay. At this point, you now know you have a director in charge who doesn't really care about like safe or not safe things to show on screen. You're going to see what whatever fever dream this guy wants to put on the screen is going to be there. So this reminds me of not not necessarily what's happening, but remember uh, Color Out of Space, the one I showed you, yeah. Nicholas Cage movie. And when you, all of a sudden you're like, okay, this movie's weird and things are happening. And all of a sudden you see like the and re- I don't want to tell people because they have to see it. The really weird stuff that happens in the barn and you're like, okay, nothing is safe. Nothing is safe. And why? Because it's the guy who gave us hardware and, and nothing was, it's Richard Stanley, nothing okay. was safe in that. Like the, you, you sometimes you have a director who's willing to say, hey, I'm going to push this, but keep it within a boundary. And yeah. Like I mean, some movies are gross. You're like, oh, okay, it's just, it's like it's like hostile and Eli Roth used to push things, right. and it makes you uncomfortable to see people get their Achilles ten- tendons cut and fingers broken stuff. But you're not like, okay, I don't feel like this person is sane. You start getting to a point where you're like, who's shooting this. Like, is this just really a guy shooting another guy filming? Like, is is this? I mean, except for the blood in that part, if the blood was realistic, there you'd be like, are we watching someone really murder somebody? Like. Right. It gets to be like a snuff film, yeah. And 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 we're we're ten minutes in. And the thing here, and and
1: and what 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 Frank does when he gets back to the, he starts having these pangs of conscience, yes. And so he's talking to himself in the mirror while he's talking to the to the mannequins and saying, "I did not really want to do it. You made me do it." And so it's it's hard to it's, it's hard to describe, but he does a good job of portraying madness,
2: yeah. Well, Frank Spinell, again, he wrote this, and so it's his story. So he's able to get inside. He, he knows what he wants the character to say. So he's telling himself um, that uh, b- the beauty is crime. The, the crime he did, with what he did was beautiful. He's now preserved. She will always be beautiful to him. But it's taking the place of his mother because mother. of all the men she brought home. And he starts, like, losing his ever-loving mind slowly. At this point, you're like, okay, this guy's unhinged. But... Okay, maybe we're not there yet, right? So what happens? So now later he gets dressed again and he takes a whole bunch of weapons with him, including a double barreled shotgun. Yeah right I mean, that's one of the, when we get to later on that that's one of the
1: points I wanted to make. But well, I wanted to say with sure, sure. think when, now he's, he's killed he killed the two people at the beach. He's, he's killed a prostitute in the room, but it wasn't like nobody saw him when, when she takes him into the hotel lobby, the uh, there was there's a another prostitute and the and the uh, the clerk behind the yeah, counter yeah. they're looking right at him and he doesn't have okay. a mask on he doesn't have his face hidden and so when the prostitute is killed it takes a while for the for the the killings to become front page news and the cops are involved.
2: Yeah, I would have thought that. Oh no, no. They, they, okay, so here's why I can tell you exactly why that is because when you look at him, he's not he's. Even though Carolyn Rowe later tells him he has an interesting face, right? He's yeah. nobody. He's nothing. That's what I'm saying. He's nothing. He's just another John, another whatever. The other hooker doesn't care because she's trying to get her John. Right. The guy at the desk doesn't care because he's trying to get lucky. with What so I'm saying? No, but I'm he, sa-
1: what I'm saying is that the police would have come to investigate the murder,
2: no, no, and they would right. have said, "So
1: it was a well, he was about six feet three. And, yeah, you know, right. Big, okay, big
2: bony so, guy. guy wearing a jacket and a hat. Can you tell us anything else? Nah, he just looked like a guy. Like, yeah. he's not distinguishable, right? He looked like all the other Dresden of the street right. kind of thing. But they are looking for him because he has the, like, later he has it on. And they're talking about, well, this is a crime spree. We're right. looking for this yeah. thing. But that's the next day. So it wasn't like he murdered her because this is what happens. It's the next, the, day, next he day he kills yeah. him, right? Because these things all happen over the course of a short amount of time, right? Because So he so he wakes up the next day, right? Or it, it's a, it may be the day after He wakes up. He packs the double barrel shotgun with all the other stuff, right? And then he drives around Brooklyn, Queens, looking to find something. He's, right. he's, he's looking around. So you have a couple that's leaving the disco, right? And then nothing, nothing screams. It's what he calls it. So, and they park, actually, it's the Verrazano Bridge. It wasn't the Brooklyn Bridge, right? It's Good. a Verrazano Good. Bridge, right? It's hard to tell because you can't really see the bridge. You can just kind of tell they're getting close to a bridge. And they're definitely in the Brooklyn's Queen area, right? Because it really is the Verrazano Bridge. Um, uncredited, by the way. Didn't get credit in the way. Uh, so they, what happens is, they go. It's just like in um, when they use the Golden Gate Bridge, and they were told, "No, okay, we'll just film it, and uncredit it." Um, so, the, and so instead of going to some place, they're going to go park. Right? It's Tom Savini looking ever nineteen okay. seventies with the mustache, which he still has, and the mop of hair, which he still has. You know, I kind of think maybe a different color now. And the girl who clearly is not his girlfriend, who has a boyfriend, who's cheating on him with Tom Savini, right? And they're coming out of the disco, and I think that's just so funny because people are like, "Oh, disco was the '70s." Disco lasted into the early '80s; like, yeah. it wasn't dead. I, yes, I mean, I he I mean, was mostly that. The thing
1: with Savini here is that he's trying to hang on to the to the disco thing, yeah. but uh, he is he is just as scummy in in, in this role
2: as as Spinell. Yeah. Well, again, but he's a different kind of scummy. Oh, yeah, he had I mean, a kind of thing, right? So they go down there, um, and so they're 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 they get in the back seat, which again, this is so nineteen. There's only two doors. Right, right? they they have to pull the seat forward to get. I mean, welcome to the eighties, folks. You know, kind of thing. Late seventies, early eighties, um, and they're in the back seat getting on. And of course, she is, you know, in the throes of passion. And then she sees Joe Spinell looking at Frank, looking in the window. Now I'll tell you right now, he's a big man staring in the window. I mean, either anybody staring in the window. It's not like staring in the window like it's a horror movie where it's like some creature. It's just some lurking guy. And she's like, there's a guy out there. There's no one there. No, there is. But think about it. Yeah, there probably is. And no matter where you're pulling over in the city, there's tons of people. And it wasn't like he was, at any point did she think this person's trying to kill them necessarily yet. It was just that this guy's a peeping Tom, right? And so. But, you know, the thing is down down by,
1: uh, underneath the bridges it is pretty lonely down there. I mean, there's no, no, but no there's, there's,
2: okay. not, there's not a lot of people, you know. No, right. But uh, I'm saying, but there were homeless people who lived on yeah, bridges yeah, and stuff like right. that. So for all she knew, it could have been a homeless, homeless guy people, looking right. for money or looking for whatever kind yeah. of thing, right? So they, they get back in the front seat. So they climb over the seats and get in the front seat. And I love it. He turns the lights on, and there's, you it's, know, it's Joe Spinell with the gun, razor gun, okay. right? And the look, and the look of, and then they cut between this, the look of shock on Savini's face. Now, Tom Savini jumps on the hood of the car, because that's who it is filming it, and took a real double-barrel shotgun through a real windshield through a prop head of himself and explodes Loads everywhere. It. He unloads a double-barrel shotgun into this head, and that's what this movie is known for, that scene. Yeah. the Boom! It's like scanners. Exactly. When it just It just... Head goes everywhere. Now... They did that scene. This is the funny part. They have exactly zero permits. They really are down by the Barrow's bridge. They shot the thing, got the car, and got out of there because they knew a double-barrel shotgun blast going off. You'd hear. The cops would show up yeah. for a double... I mean, for a boom, and by the bridge, someone would show up. You know, it's not a handgun going off inside a building. It's a, shock, a double-barrel shotgun, and it was loud. And the great part is, the blood goes everywhere and it's covering the girl now right, right. so and again i don't need to laugh but when you see it it's just because the head just rips off and then snaps back the way a head would and this is what sabini known for he's known for giving that realistic now the blood in the other scene might not have looked great but this looks real yeah you know um and he would later use this gag again in other movies and like you know a day of the dead and things like that whatever right so um where we uh, he Shoots him with a the shotgun, then the woman, uh, and and then he then kills the woman. she's he, in the car, he stalks around and he kills her, right? And he brings her scalp oh, back okay. to add to the collection. Yeah, he doesn't take the guy's scalp. Well, no, he doesn't no, want to. There's,
1: no, well, there's no scalp. There's no scalp.
2: Like. Well, I mean, it'd be it, it pretty easy. You could have scooped it up in the back seat. It was like, okay, remember in Pulp Fiction, when he hit the bump and blow his brain? He shot Maurice. His brain's all over the back. That's what this guy, it, Savini's head's all over the back of the car. So this is where we come, now he comes back and he starts adding the collection. And then we hear about the crimes on the television right and the television is now giving you that information you need so this can't have happened they're like well we had the you know there's a couple killed there it was a prostitute co-. now they don't know about this couple yet yeah. so there's already there's a manhunt going on looking for him and this is when he starts talking to himself and he takes the mannequin into the bed and starts crying himself to sleep holding her and you're like this is so messed up right and now you're like okay i don't know where else this movie can go because you just killed a couple on the beach. You killed the prostitute and and uh, scalped her. You blasted Savini's head off, killed his girlfriend, whatever, in the car, scalped her. Now he's insane. So you're at this point going, there's nothing normal about this guy. It's all craziness, all right? So the next day, he's in Central Park. And it is Central Park because they're filming right there. No permits needed. We just show up and start filming and then walk away with someone asks the question. Um and that's where he runs into the the kid on the bike, and you're like, okay, what's happening here? But Carol Monroe is there, shooting, taking pictures, right? And it's about halfway into the movie. Yeah, because well, okay, it takes time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it takes time to get to where we're going. So, um, it's a little girl technically riding the bike, and she takes a she's taking pictures of him, right? And she you know,
1: if you took a picture of that today, first thing in your mind would be he's a pedophile. Yeah. Right. She takes the picture just because she's taking pictures. It, it doesn't occur to
2: her that he might be somehow yeah that he
1: might be a pedophile
2: yeah. Matter right. of fact, it,
1: when but I, now we're gonna we'll get into what I think is the is the, the 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 real
2: dumb part of the movie. Yes. Yeah. 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 So um so she's now taking pictures. She leaves her bag. He pretends to tie his shoe for an insane long amount of time and gets her a adre- name and address yes, of off of the, the camera bag. So that I don't have a problem with because it makes sense. But I don't know why she left her camera bag because nowadays someone would steal it. But back in 1980, maybe no,
1: somebody okay. would have stolen it. Yes, but I'm saying, but just, she's not
2: that far away. But that she didn't even notice that he it. went over to her bag. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so this is. Oh well, no! There's one other thing before this. So that happens. So at night, uh, Frank sees a nurse who's played by Kelly Piper leaving Roosevelt Hospital, which really is Roosevelt Hospital, right? Um, and she's going down to the subway. Now. The scene in the subway, I'm not saying this is the originator of it, but how many times have we seen this scene since then? Like someone's in a subway, someone's in a whatever. It's because why? What's a subway? You can't run anywhere. You think about it, right? Because he's stalking her in the subway. Now she's a nurse, so she's got the white uniform the whole nine. And think about it, in a subway, you can't just keep running because you run out of place to run because unless you're going to get down onto the tracks, you just can't go anywhere. And that's been used time and again with many other movies, right? So he's stalking her. She's in the bathroom. She thinks she escapes him. And then he's right there behind her. And he puts the, the sword, whatever the heck it is, right through with a giant knife, right through her and kills her in the bathroom. And then he proceeds to wash the blood off the knife there um, in the bathroom. And you're like, okay. But the, it's late at night. The subway is kind of empty. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. At least that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. The, the, this is where I think. Well, they the, shot it in the subway. It they had to no, But, they,
1: but they, by, by shooting it, guerrilla type. Yeah, the problem was they couldn't control who was in the subway. Yeah, when she's running away and screaming, "Help me! Help me! Help me!" on the other side of the platform. Yes, yes. is there are dozens of people. Yes, and so nobody is, and, and he's right behind her. It's not like it's not like you can't see him. Yeah. and she's screaming and yelling. But when she gets up to the, she, when you get when you get up to the top of the stairs in New York, there's there's a downtown and an uptown. When you get to the top of the stairs, all you got to do is walk 50 feet to the other side or run 50 yeah. feet to the And now you're on the other yes. platform yes. where all the people are. Yes. But no, she's got to go and keep running. And she, she winds up going into the, the seedy bathrooms in a subway. I don't care how bad you have to go. You, in the, in 1980s or in yeah, 70s, you, did, 80s, not you that. did not go into the bathrooms because it was, it would you were just wretch. Yes. And so yeah, before, yeah, yeah. before you go. You do.
2: Yeah. So, um, okay, so in the subway station, he murders her with the bayonet and adding, of course, her scalp to his mannequin collection. Uh, days later, Frank heads, uh, um, he heads over to Anna. So Anna is the name, obviously, that's Carol Monroe's character, uh, apartment. And she invites him inside. Now, let's stop right here. People watching this in 2020 are like, how in the world would you do it? First of all, forget, forget the pandemic. You would never invite someone in that you have no idea who it is. Well, she does. No, she doesn't, well, doesn't, know, doesn't know him.
1: him. Right. No, but she's, she 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 recognizes him, him from, from the, the photograph. Right. Where he's, he's grabbing a child he's on a bra- bike and he's not close. Yeah. And she's like when she develops the picture, it's from where she was standing. The focal Length of the of the uh, yeah. of the distance is the exact same way the photo is. It's not like she blew up his right. face. Well, hey, he said to her
2: You took my picture the other day. Oh, I remember, remember you. you. Right? right. So, but there's no way in the world you get in anyone's door. You took a picture of me. Okay, that is you're calling the cops. There's no nothing. There's not happening. This is if if you want to talk about like. When the movie, to me, this is where the movie kind of slows down. Right, and this is the, this is to me was the dumbest part. At right, I'm saying it, at, up to this point we're what like forty something minutes in, right? Fifty yeah, we're minutes in. We're a little more than more and more through. halfway. So far, this has been okay. Okay, it's there's not a lot of stories, a lot of like killing, but now's the time they're going to tell the story, and I think the story is the weak part of this. This is the weak part of the story. So he goes in, and she's she's being very nice. And you think at first, okay, she's being nice because this guy could totally kill her. But she doesn't know no. he could kill her. No, no. That's what I'm saying. You think at first... She's just, he's so naive. It's right. unbelievable. But that's what i At first, you think she's being nice because, okay, like, I let him in. I probably shouldn't have done that. Let me be nice and get him out of here, and I'll go to the cops. No, no. No, no. no. She's interested in dating him. Dating him right away. I mean, Are you? And I, so, look, I'm
1: going to say uh, this have now. You, have you seen Carolyn Monroe yeah. ever look better than she did in this movie? Yeah. No. Oh, have oh, you okay. ever seen Joe Spinell? I mean, he, he looks God the same all the time. God so, my,
2: he yeah. looks like a plumber. Yeah. Well, no, but I'm not even I to say that. But it's like, the thing is, he, he clearly, she's, she's clearly, I mean, she's, she's a photographer, quote unquote, but she's, but he says, well, you should be a model and whatever. Right? He's saying the things that you would think you would be saying, but it, he's giving off this complete creep vibe that you believe that like, like lady, how are you not picking up on what he, this thing It's It's clearly not on the up and up. But he wants to go out to dinner with her, right? That's yeah. his whole thing. Well, he's gonna get, I'm going to get her out to dinner with me, right? Yeah. But the thing is
1: that in, up until this point, he looks like the scuds guy of ever of, mm-hmm. of, of the world in, with with the clothes he's got on. He actually changes into a a, 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 a jacket and, and and pants. Yeah. And he actually I don't even know. did he comb his hair? It's it's hand raped It's, it's hand raked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he is he is one ugly dude.
2: Yeah. So. Um, he asked her out to dinner, um, and then uh, so they go out to dinner. And he goes, "Well, I know this place in Jersey, and it probably is a real restaurant in Jersey called that." I mean, I'm not doubting that. Uh, they go to there, and they're having seafood and whatever. And and it's and it's like the it's like the most awkward date ever.
1: I, but it's he's I it's I called it this when I saw it, I said, I said "What well, this is his Jekyll and Hyde thing? Is he is this is his normal side? Well, because he's pleasant. Yeah, he's he's not he's not." going off the deep end and yeah. he he he, held, he holds it together for a whole, you know, a whole
2: few minutes right. while they're having dinner. Well, then, then during the dinner I and mean, he's eating the cheesecake, right? And he's yeah. like, he's, and it's real cheesecake and he's really putting it away. Right. Um, so that's when he tells her about his mother died in a car crash and whatever. And so now she feels sympathy, but she didn't know this before. She went on the date with him, not feeling bad for him, that this guy's lonely but he plays that card because he starts to see maybe this isn't going to work out well. Maybe she's like, well, it was nice to on a date with you, but... And then she says that. So now she feels bad. Right now it's clear that now she feels bad for him. But I don't know how he got in the door in the first place. Right. But if you accept that he's in the door, now making her feel bad is literally how he's going to get his hook in. And she can't wait to, get to have him, you know, come to, you know... Her photo shoot. And photo look shoot. at these things. And I'm like, what? And that, okay, now I've never been to a professional photo shoot. I don't think that's how they run. You can just walk in and walk out. But I guess if you're literally just in an empty apartment, or maybe someone else's actual apartment, you don't have to worry about said things because yeah. that's what they're in. Um, and so, uh, so, so a few days later, Frank is invited by Anna to a studio during the photo session, and she introduces her model, who's uh, who's Rita, is played by Abigail Clayton, to him. Um, and that's when she takes the necklace off and puts it down, and he and he. Grabs the necklace and palms it and puts it in his pocket. Right. So, um, he uh, so later the same night he goes to Rita's apartment. Right. Right. I don't know how he got the number. I'm not 100 percent mm-hmm. sure about that, but he did. And then, well, they give you the, the little titillating uh, scene there where she takes a shower and uh, oh no, no, but no you okay. don't see anything. Right. No, but she's gonna but, get in the shower. She's whatever. So he knocks on the door. She answers the door in her towel. Right. Right kind of thing. Or robe. And he's like, oh, and she's like, oh, well, let me give you something for this. Oh no, no, no. And she she hands her back the necklace. She turns away and he presses the button on the door so it won't lock. So it's like so it's staying open. Right. And which people nowadays may not understand because doors don't have those anymore, because literally that's what happened. You press the button, it gets stuck. Um, so now he's at Rita's apartment, gives her the necklace back, and um, he's trying to he attacks her, but then ties her up. It was just weird because this hasn't happened yet. Like, this is now the weird thing. So he ties her up to the bed, right? And then he then ta- starts talking Walking to her him. like that's his mother. Yeah, this his mother. And you're like, okay, so you didn't know where this movie was going. It started slowing down in the middle there with the with the, the photo, the, taking the pictures, the dinner. that You're like, okay, okay. Like, there's nothing major happening here. Now you're like, wait, what? Why is he tying her up? He hasn't tied anyone else up. He just killed them and, and scalped them. But now he got her tied up, and she, and she's he's talking to her like he's talking to his mother. And that's where he start giving all the exposition. I understand why it's there, but he's just giving all the stuff. And then what happens? He pulls switchblade out and scalps her, right? So he's going to take her right. scalp for the collection, right? Yeah,
1: So this is this is as I said, this is where I thought the the story was was just was getting was getting a little boring because it's just one killing after another. You've already seen him have his mommy issues earlier in the movie. Mm-hmm. So this is just the repetitiveness of the of of that of that uh, uh, his mind going going yeah. going bad, and it's one after the other. Why he picked her, uh, you know, there was there was three women besides Carolyn Monroe in the photo shoot. Carolyn Monroe is the, is the photographer, so there's three women there.
2: All three of them were gorgeous. Okay. Well, but the thing is, I think maybe because in the scene where where Carolyn yeah. Monroe and her, so they're talking and they're, and they two of them are holding holding hands, right? And I think he feels. That she's trying to t- that she would be trying to take away uh, Anna from him, and that he feels that's his. Yeah. That, that may be the only thing I can go with there, yeah. but that's what it is. So.
1: I mean, so the thing is now. Now you're I, like I'm saying to myself, how does the next one die? Right. He's he's not used the same mo no uh, in on all the killings, and that's when, when, when which is I, which
2: is why the cops are having a hard time right. nailing what, it down.
1: And what what I said in the beginning was that this was the premise this could be the, uh, the, the premise for all movies to follow. When you think about all the other movies that, that have come by here, with, with the exceptions of one or two, which I can't think of right now, but like maybe like the Saw movies, there has to be a new gimmick. There has to be something else that killed somebody. Because if you were just using a gun or right. just using a knife uh, or, 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 you know, or, or poison or something like that, it's one thing. But you've got to up the ante mm-hmm. all the time. Now here there wasn't that much of
2: an ante for them to up. Oh, this was one of the first times they showed all this. Sure. Stuff. So, um, so now it's going to be, and I don't know if it's the next night, but it's got to be within a few days or within a day or two. He's on a date. He takes Anna on a date and they stop by the cemetery to visit his mother's grave to lay some flowers on her. He puts the flowers, a headstone. He begins to start crying and he's, you know, he's losing. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. And you're like, why are you with this guy? Like, you know, God. you know, she feels bad for him, but you're like, Come on, right? I mean, I wrote that. I said, "How hard up does she have to be?" Right, to exactly. With a guy like this, yeah, right. So then he starts mourning over uh, the the other victims, and then he winds up attacking her. And what happens? He chases her around the cemetery, but she hits him in the arm with the shovel, and then leaves. So he's hallucinating, right? right now he starts hallucinating that his decomposing mother attacks him from the grave. Great. So this is where the movie takes a are Like, what is going on now? Right? Because this move, this part doesn't feel like real and gritty. This is now, now we're right. experiencing hallucinogens kind of thing, right? So he he, he runs, gets back to the apartment and he sees the mannequins all start suddenly coming to line right. and then rip him to shreds, which again you would see later Savini uh, mirror over in the uh, um, Day of the Dead when right. they rip apart Catherine Rhodes, right? So, but they all start grabbing weapons, and it's all this—the women now who were used previously are now playing the roles of the mannequins. But you're like, wait, what? What happened here? You feel like this was a different movie at this point. Right. Like it doesn't fit the narrative storyline. Exactly. Yeah. And I think what they were trying to do is they were trying to keep you off balance, which it is off, putting you off balance. But I don't think it's off balance in a good way. Uh, you know, kind of thing. I don't think this works well for the ending. It. I, I mean, I like the scene where they tear him apart. I think that as his his in his mind, he's being torn apart there, right? And I think that works well, but doesn't make any sense later on. She hit him in the arm. It's not like she shot him and he's bleeding from his gut and he's dying. She hit him in the arm and slices his arm with the shovel. It's not like she smashed him in the skull. It's not like she shot him. It's not like she stabbed him. I mean, you get hit in the arm. It, it takes a long time to die from a gut shot, right? Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, unless you hit an artery... How are you dying from getting hit on the arm? Yeah, I, I think at this point he was—he's he's just
1: the you just—he's he's, he's descending into devolving madness, devolving into yeah, madness. Right. Is right, and and be, and this is when the all of a sudden now the movie just it, it goes at, at a very rapid pace to the end. There's there's we're almost at seventy five minutes here of an of a eighty eight, minimum, eight, and so you know where are they going to go with this now? Right now, Monroe has gotten away, yep. and I and then that I think that she's the one then who finally came, goes to the cop goes to the cop yeah. and says i think i found your killer right right well because, because but how does sense, she
2: know where he lives no but they don't she knows his name his name yeah so what or happens frank zito. Yeah, yeah yeah. they're looking for the killer she goes and i it was frank i was with frank zito he attacked me he's confessed to doing this they go to frank zito's address because he's just a guy see he's not He's not trying to hide. He doesn't wear a disguise or a mask or anything. He's just a guy. Yeah. And you know, there was there was one scene early on in the
1: movie after he's killed uh, one of the he's, he's the,
2: carrying the thing.
1: He's carrying. It's like early Christmas carried, shopping. It's yeah. like a
2: Christmas. He's like got a pizza box. And well, so, he has. He has. It looks like it's just. It's the mannequin. The mannequin, right? Yeah. And they go early Christmas shopping. Yeah, yeah. you know, and but he's is, just a guy in the
1: neighborhood. Yeah, but know? that but that woman who says that doesn't that doesn't turn him off. That, she doesn't. She's not going to be one of his.
2: His because he's sickness. already killed, he's yeah. already killed, and now he's it's satiated the the need to kill. Yeah. Um, but then the next that like said the next morning, so Frank's mutilated right on the bed. The next morning, the two police officers break into Frank's apartment and see him lying dead in the bed, and it looks like he's committed suicide. Now again, we're to assume he's committed suicide. We don't see him commit suicide. suicide. Um, what happens, of course, uh, the officers leave the apartment and Frank's eyes suddenly open, saying that maybe he's not really dead. But that was just for nothing because they didn't do anything with it. Because the problem is, um, Will Lusting, again, like I said, uh, he is, uh, to make this movie, he didn't have a whole lot of money. So, some people will say, Jay, you didn't mention this earlier. I know, but because I I don't want to bury the lead, but here we go. Will Lusting has only made a handful of movies that people have seen maybe in a theater or at home. Unless you're watching a bunch of porn. Because he's a porn director, and that's what he was to start with, oh, okay. and he took the money from a movie called. Uh, um, he used the profits from his 1977 movie called Hot Honey, and that mo- that money made this movie. How do you make money on a
1: porn movie? Oh, I mean, okay. No, but th- those you know. things never never played the regular theaters. Yeah, but, uh, but
2: somehow they did, Dad, because yeah. they kept
1: making it. Well, and know, Was this this was right before DV
2: uh, right before blue uh, VHS? Yes, right? VHS was not out. Yeah. Yet. yeah so so the principal photography for this was shot um, about. It's October, uh, mid-October, about the 21st, 20, you know, in that range, right before Halloween, um, and then wrapped up in 1979 and wrapped up in early 1980. Um, obviously, a lot of things were shot on off hours, in early in the morning, whatever. Um, the the uh, what happen was, so, they, so the scene where he shoots Savini and blows the head off, as soon as he shot, Savini shoots the gun, they throw the gun in the trunk, of the car, of the assistant, the assistant's there, and they speed off. So, because you can't really, you fire, you can't fire a gun within city limits. You can't shoot a shotgun within city limits, that's a crime. So, um, but they were like, eh. And a lot of what happened, of course, um, things are based off of things. As we know, um, the son of Sam, David Berkowitz, you know, he killed, uh, he shot people parked in the car with a 44. That inspired Savini's idea of having him kill somebody in a car. Um, and the funny part is, uh, you know, uh, so Frank Spinell and Carolyn Monroe. Besides this movie, they were also in Star Crash and the Last Horror Film. They starred in three movies together. So, you know, maybe that's her type. I'm just saying, uh, you know, kind of thing. Uh, it's, a, mean, it's a gig. That's I want to tell is. you. What, well, no, no, I'm, I'm making a joke, Dad. Obviously, right. um, it's what it is. So, when uh, Maniac actually was supposed to be the midnight screening at the Cannes Film Festival, try it again. Was scheduled for the midnight screening at the uh, the Cannes Film Festival back in May of eighty. And then it, um, so it made its premiere there, but then it didn't get to theaters until January of 81. Cause it was kind of just, no one wanted to touch it. Like it just wasn't, it wasn't a movie that was going to be, it wasn't going to play. First Okay. So movie theaters weren't as plentiful as they are now, or where they were, I should say. Like you didn't have an 18, 20 screen, 30 screen movie theater in like, you know, no, 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 you right. had to go a place to go to so movie theaters were small. They were a little tiny. Uh, you know, mom yeah. and pop place. I mean, you one needed movie.
1: to have one that you could fill your seats yeah. every day.
2: Yeah, and so the, so you didn't. Sh- you showed movies like Star Wars. You didn't show movies like because it was costing you money to yeah. get and it. Think you
1: about know? think about what movies were coming out at this time. You had Star Wars. Star Wars was you 7, had, seven. You had Alien, Jaws. Well, yeah, and, and Jaws. And, I mean, so you had the big the big blockbusters. And, and if you only this had, is Empire, and if you had one screen, yeah, you didn't you want to show Maniac. Yeah. yeah. Okay,
2: so think about the little theater over at, like when – in Carmel back in the day. They had two screens. And at midnight they would show certain things. So it was not unheard of that they would have at Halloween time a midnight showing of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Because someone had a print that no one ever asked for back, and they had a stash there. Or they would do a midnight screening of Rocky Horror Picture Show, right? Which, which is they still do now. No, but they yeah they, the but theater then, doesn't exist anymore. It's now right. it's now it's part of the, the supermarket. But the whole no. thing is like, but those things happened. But, but they were very few and far between because there was no, let's put an email blast hour or Twitter thing or whatever. You had to know it was coming. You advertised it weeks in advance. So you didn't run those movies. So when you're talking about little mom and pop theaters that have two screens maximum, they aren't running this movie. Now, where did Maniac run? People will say, well, it made $10 million. It ran in New York City. It ran in Chicago. It ran in L.A. It ran in major cities at those theaters you're talking about, those bigger theaters. And then what happened was people were like, this is disgusting. So then it ran at all the crappy second-run theaters and all the 42nd Street. So this is why this movie is, again, beloved by many people and remembered because they remember this being the movie. Like, oh, I remember the movie. This movie is basically about this guy in, in New York City, and it's real, and he's killing people. And then they're showing it on 42nd Street at those god-awful theaters yeah. Right, and they would show the grindhouse stuff. They would, sh- and that's what the word grindhouse meant, because it's just grinding everything out, right? But they would show the Italian movies. They would bring in. They would show all the exploitation, all the the black exploitation, all the the like the pornos, all the everything. Just ran there, and it just was. That's what, and they made money somehow doing this, because it was cheaper to buy a ticket to a movie than to get a hotel room. And some guys would go there, okay, right. and get a ticket, and they would go. Use that seat as their hotel room. They would do everything they were going to do in a hotel room. They do it in that seat, and they get up and walk out. And that's what it was. So whatever tickets were back then, you know, a buck or whatever they yeah, were, yeah. it's way cheaper than getting a hotel room. And so you had guys with a with the prostitute. They would buy two tickets, go into the movie, and they didn't ever watch a movie. That's what those things were. And it's it's people have a hard time sometimes believing that. But the the idea of the sleez the sleezoid Express as it sometimes was called like that, that entire movement the whole run of the sleaze that's there is gross. Yeah. Now we I think I think at this
1: point I mean we we've talked about New York so many times yeah, because yeah, yeah. a lot of movies are based on New York. Yeah. But, th- yeah. but there's a Forty Second Street in every major city. Oh yeah 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 okay yeah. and and in some major cities that Forty Second Street is still there. I mean in, today if you go down to Forty Second Street. You could the, the streets are clean, the movie theaters are all first run. It, it, well it's, it's, now right. now with, with, with this, this yeah, you with know COVID yeah. and all that stuff. No, no, it but
2: I'm right but forty second street is Disney, the ESPN, uh like major like it used to be a giant Toys R Us, Her, uh, Hershey's. Like it's yeah. it's all, all the ABC top line yeah. major multi-billion dollar companies. There is no like Here's a porn shop. Here's a movie right. theater. They're, they're, Here's a whatever. They don't exist. They don't anymore. exist anymore. Yeah. They don't exist anymore. Not there at least. You, you can find they're, those things, but right you got to dig. You've got
1: to go to either 9th or Tenth Avenue. Yeah, you got to go dig in, in the in the neighborhoods. Yeah. Uh, you know it's it's really funny when you think of you think of uh, Midtown Manhattan. You think it's all buildings and stuff. There are people that live there. Yeah. Uh, maybe not on Seventh Avenue or Sixth or Avenue or Fifth Avenue. Uh, well, I shouldn't say fifth because fifth is where all the all the rich people live. But as you go west from, from on Times mm-hmm. Square, when you get to Eighth Avenue, it starts to get little little seedier. Ninth and Tenth Avenue is where a lot of people live, and they're all living in these in these walk-up apartments. That at least, if they haven't been condemned and torn down, and, and a big high rise has been there, yeah. uh, they've lived there forever. And those streets at night, you don't want to be on. Nope. I mean, you're down in you're down in the. Um, the, uh, there's, there's a, I forget what, I can't remember what it's, what it's called, but on 8th Avenue between, right near Madison Square Garden, uh, it's, it's, it's considered to be, you know, you don't want to, if you're yeah. not, if you're okay. not, if you
2: don't live there, you don't want to be there. Right, so when you go to the garden, when we walk to the garden, when we're walking home from the garden, you always never, you never stop, you always make sure you're crossing the street or moving, moving or whatever, but there are certain streets you're like, okay, we're not going that on one. I'll walk an extra block to avoid, that street has no lighting, we're not going. Right. You're trying to get... You stay, and there are businesses there. You are walking by business and stuff that are closed, depending on when the ranger game gets over and stuff. And there's people coming out of the garden. But if there was no game at the garden and there's no concerts or nothing going on, you're just walking there?
1: Yeah. If well, that,
2: there's not people, that's the problem. The city is jammed, packed of people at some times. And at other times, you can walk and there's nobody. I mean, Kelly and I went, we went to the New York. We were at the New Yorker to see ROH, and I knew there was a concert that night. It was the Paul McCartney concert and which New Yorkers, what across the street from the garden right? kind of thing. So there's going to be a thousand people there, which means there's guys looking to pick pockets. There's guys right. there's, there's always people looking to grift off of that, but there are going to be a ton of cops. So I was not concerned coming out the door with Kelly who doesn't move quickly. Right. You know, well, she doesn't, and right. she ambles and even on a good day. But the thing is, uh, we're going to be walking here, but there's now we're getting out of the ROH show. It's now 11 o'clock at night, but it's a Saturday. There's tons of people coming into the city to party. So I was not worried about that, but if it had just been a random Wednesday night, this might've been a little more worrisome yeah. coming out the door with my wife worried about like, okay, can, well, if something happens. She's not going to be, we've we got a cab. We'd have gotten a cab and the cab would have taken us there. Cause that time of night, getting a bus, ain't exactly the easiest thing in the world all the time either. And cabs were plentiful because of the McCarthy concert. You can get a cab in the city. Yeah. But the problem is is that I think some people – remember, that not everyone lives here. Not everyone lives in a city. Not everyone really goes into a city. I mean, I hate going to a city if I can help it, right? But not, some people have never experienced being there. Yeah. Or maybe they live down south. You know, kind of thing yeah, where yeah. it's very different. Yeah. The cities in the south are very different than the cities up north. They're different than the cities yeah. in the Midwest. Yeah, and, and let me think.
1: You know, you know what? When I, what you just said, it's very obvious. If you ever watch uh, the uh, the uh, American Pickers show, oh, yeah, with yeah, those yeah. Th- when they come to New York, it's like their eyes are ten times as big as they were, and they they make these comments about New York are not true. Yeah. But it's what, it's what you've been, you, you've heard yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, the, the, the this, again, I, I, what I, what I had said in the beginning is that whether you like this movie or not as a movie, I didn't like it. I mean, I would never watch it again as a, as a, a, a seminal movie that, 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 that ushered in mm-hmm. all the rest of them. It's phenomenal. But to be perfectly honest, I mean, what I remember, about, remembering about this movie, the most, is that it? Put Savini on the map, and you know we've even met him, and mm-hmm. he, he was he's been a he's been exactly the same since since he first came on the scene. But this movie, if I had to give it some sort of a definition, to me it's an unrelenting exercise in nihilistic gore. Yeah, and I would I watch it again. No, but to do it for, for the, these podcasts, it's well worth it. Yeah, and so this is going to This DVD is going to sit on my shelf right until. Somebody says, we got to sell
2: these at a tag sale. It was sold for about a penny apiece. Okay, so the thing is, so Maniac was actually nominated for the Saturn Award for the, uh, for the Academy of uh, Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Really? For Best Low Budget Film of 81. Really? Dad, uh, you make a movie for under $500,000 oh, and no, turn no, no, a $10 million profit, your was... movie is going to get nominated for the Best Low Budget Movie of the Year. No, but that shouldn't be the premise. I mean... It... It, it's what, the, it's the Saturn. It's the Saturn Awards. It didn't say the Academy Awards. What are the, what are the Saturn? Awards? They're the ones for horror and sci-fi. Oh, okay. Okay, they're, so they're they're looking at. Okay, everyone looks at Halloween and say, "Well, John Carpenter spent no money and made this, and it's the most successful movie of all time." Okay, and then Blair Witch comes along in the '90s and says, "Hey, you want to make a movie cheap? Oh, no. Or make a movie for eight dollars." And okay, I know you hate it, but the movie made so much money that yes. I could, but. I could open a school and run my own school and be the principal of the whole thing with the money they made on that movie. And they made it for nothing. Right. What they're saying is you, this movie was made with the money from a porno and money they chipped in. This is like they rolled quarters they found on the couch. They, they begged on the street. Like, this movie was made on nothing. They got no filming premise, nothing else. It was shot guerrilla right. style, no, done no, this for, way. For the, on, on that premise, for the Saturn, yeah. I forget when you said Saturn. Yeah, I, yeah. No, I was but, but the Saturn would... Awards definitely give out awards for, like, best makeups, best story. Like, they're they're reputable. They've been around forever. Yeah. Well, what did, was... was Fangoria around at that time. I yeah. So. Fangoria loved this movie. They did. Yeah. Uh, Tom Tapone talks about this. It, the movie itself is exactly. See, you got to remember, if we talked about this, well, obviously I couldn't because I was two, but if we were talking about this in 1980 or in 1981 or 83, yeah. this would have been like, whoa. Oh, right. Because you hadn't, okay. Hellraiser didn't exist. Hellraiser 2, didn't exist. Henry the Shiriko didn't exist. Serbian film didn't exist. Human Centipede didn't exist. Saws did not exist. Hostile did not exist. So if none of those things existed, if you had never seen those movies and you had seen this, blow your mind. Blow your mind. And that's part of the issue. We look at movies. Sometimes we remember them fondly and they're not as good as you remember. Or sometimes you're like, I don't remember that. No, it's actually better than I thought. It really depends on when you saw it. So when I I watch a movie that's older, that I had never seen. So let's say we go back to like, I don't know, to take, let's say one of like, uh, like Rebecca, that's a Hitchcock movie, right? Yeah. And that's not exactly the most, it's not Psycho, it's not the birds, right? it's not like, But you can go back and you can appreciate the artistic direction and everything that's in the movie, but you're not going, whoa, that movie blew me away with effect Because it's not going to blow you away with effects, right? They talk about why do certain movies still work? Why does Psycho to this day still work? Not because of the special effects. It's not because of the, the chocolate syrup going down the drain. It's because it was shot well and things were done well and whatever. This movie was shot in a guerrilla style that made it feel real, which is why people remember it, Like, oh, this movie felt real. It makes connection that's different. It's not polished. You to always talk about it. Jaws, Alien, yeah. uh, Star Wars, Empire's 80. This Empire's is 80. 80 right. And then what, uh, Return. Remember Return of the Jedi? It was 83. It was 83. Remember how... Insane, that was. Remember, we saw that in the theaters. Remember how, like, what? How how could any movie get better than this? And literally, that movie looks so dated, it's unbelievable. But in 1983, you're like, what? When the Sarlacc and Jabba the Hutt and the Ranker, you're like, are you insane? Now, okay, that's a TV show. Yeah. And not even one that's like, oh my God, TV show. Right? So just little things like that, things have changed. But if you looked at this in that frame, there's no way. That you'd be like, oh, okay, this is nothing. It was it was so different. It was so not the summer blockbuster. It wasn't pretty. It wasn't mainstream. It wasn't whatever. So that's what it spoke to. Yeah. But at this point, didn't we see that wasn't wasn't the the, uh, the, the Charles
1: Bronson's Death Wish was out at the, about the same time, and you had okay, but, but and, okay, but Death Wish
2: is a revenge movie. Yeah.
1: But again, it's it's about it's about a man killing. And a there's movie.
2: far more story in Death Wish.
1: Yeah. And this was also at the same time of Dirty Harry, where, where the where
2: killings okay. killings were. Okay, but well, that's different. No, the I, no, no, no. The, the the Dirty Harry, I mean, you've got to talk about the original Dirty Harry, because right. that's what the Zodiac killer and stuff. Right, yeah. but he's not skinning people, women's no, no, heads. No, no, I, I think this is saying is though people who like those movies, who like the yeah. the 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 Sam Peckinpahs of the world, like those right, kind of the movies, wild ones, like Straw Dogs right, and the Wild, dogs, right, and right, wild right. dogs and or, or a Wild Bunch or whatever. Those movies. This spoke to those people. This pushed that violence. I mean, you saw the Wild Bunch in the theater, yeah? Right? Had you ever seen anything that violent before? No, no, no. And yet, when you watch it now, it's still violent. But I mean, you know, Django is more violent than that movie, yeah. you know, kind of thing. And it's not. And, and I'm not trying to downgrade the Wild Bunch because I love no. the Wild Bunch, but it was, it was about the, the level of violence you could get away with and Peck and Paul pushed that envelope. Straw Dogs pushes that envelope as far as you can go at the time. But what happened? They lost things like, hey, I make porn. I can push this thing. What's someone yes. to do? What are they gonna do? Give me an X? Yeah. Right. But they That's, give an R yeah. because they're like, well, there's and think about it, there's no sex in the whole movie. No. Right. you think okay. there might be a yeah, right. But think about it. But in in um Death Wish Right. They, they get raped. They get raped. It's one of the most uncomfortable scenes in the entire film. Well like that's, you what I, that's what I was saying. Is that you know
1: at, at, I don't wanna say you were you were comfortable with, with movies like this at the time, but there had been a number of movies Right. That, yeah the hand bulbs been that, pushed. That, yeah, they got pushed. Yeah. Now this one is this is that but they weren't as gross. See the thing with, with especially with Deathwish, you're rooting for for Bronson. Oh, you're supposed in, to root for In this for him, yeah. movie, you're not rooting for him. No. You're just like I said, all I'm sitting here now is I'm waiting for who's he going to kill next and
2: right. how is he going to do right. it? Because it's different. This is like watching a documentary where you're not rooting right. for anybody. It's just the story unfolding. It's it's much – it's it's not like – it's. It's it, be honest with you, this is like what people were kind of experiencing watching TV when Son of Sam was happening. Yeah. When they talk about the Son of Sam, the Summer of Sam, the movie and stuff, how people were glued to their televisions. They were definitely afraid to go outside, but they were glued to their televisions because they had to know what happened. And that's what this movie is. That's what this movie's legacy is. Is this movie pleasant to watch? No. Is it one I ever throw on ever? No. Is it ever on TV? No. No. But you know what? They remade it with Elijah Wood where it's all shot POV. It's very different. No, but it's very different. And the thing is, they didn't make the same movie again. They made a different movie that's talking about it's all shot first person. The idea that you're now inside his head. So now you are the killer. And it was kind of give you a different experience. Alexandra Aja is involved in it. The guy who gave brought us uh hot 10 John mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Right? That's why this movie is important. That's why we covered it. I mean, right. it's, it's 40 years old and it movie still is divert. It's, it still gets people angry today. It still makes people get pissed off. It makes people disgusted. The everything was like, why? Cause it worked now. Is it, is it, uh, you know, the negative popularity that it had it was because of what happened, but it was at, it stayed in the theaters. Unlike silent night, deadly night which got a couple weeks and then it's legend grew. Maniac doesn't, didn't do that. Maniac stayed in there, made its money. It's just, it was banned. It was lost. I right. shouldn't say it was, it was banned so many places. It got lost. And then lusting brought it back with blue, with uh, a digi- uh, blue underground. Excuse me. Um, and the idea is unlike, uh, you know, what do you call it? There's no sequel to this. Now think about that. That could have been. Oh no. Yes. But I'm saying, but like at Christmas this year, we're going to be covering Silent Night, Dead Night 2, right? Oh, yeah, folks, we're covering that in the Christmas time, right? Kind of thing. Just a little spoiler, right? So, but you think, of them, how could Timelight didn't get a sequel? Well, they figured out a way because the the legend of the movie was so good, we couldn't let it go. This doesn't have that legend. This has got a place with horror fans and gore fans and special effects people because of Savini's work, right? But I, this, I, I, but it's, but it's not. This is not like this. Is not like someone said. Well, you know. This was James Cameron's first movie, like Piranha 2, the, the spawning, and he became the. Tri- Will Lusting never went on to a. He made the Maniac Cop movies. Right. Right. So it's not like he went on to this amazing career. He did a lot of producing and he did a lot of like, he got a lot of like, schlocky stuff done, but it's what it is. So anyway, folks, we've kind of rambled enough about this. Uh, if you've never seen Maniac, uh, um, this podcast is now almost as long as the entire movie. Right. Uh, so you, you should, if you if you're interested in seeing it, go check it out. Now, dad yeah. has the original discs just like I do. Um, it was anchor Bay. I want to say, put it out originally, right? Let me see the back real quick. It is anchor, Bay, anchor yes. Bay. So you say, but you said blue underground. Yes. Blue underground was working with anchor Bay and then blue underground would eventually put their own stuff out. What happened with blue underground put out the 4k restoration. Now there's the 4k restoration. That's available on Blu-ray, which at the t- this t- this recording is, is like fifty dollars. That's insane. I mean, it's not it, this might No, be. it's not fifty dollars good. But the 4K restoration on DVD, I got it brand new, shipped to my house in the next day from Amazon, nine bucks. So for nine bucks, I, because I wanted to see what the 4K restoration looked like, because I bought that Blu-ray in 1998 to 1990, you know, whatever I was, in, I was in, or no, excuse me, I was in grad school, 2000. I probably bought it right. So the idea is that you want to be able to see what's happening here. So I bought the 4k restoration and the colors are much better. And, or it's a 2k restoration, excuse me, not a 4k. Cause it's on DVD. It's much better. It's cleaner. But I think this movie can't get much cleaner than it is one because of the how it was shot Two, you don't want it any cleaner. Right. And the more clean it gets the, I think it kind of loses some of its grit and appeal. This, this actually would be probably best on an old VHS. I'm sure you right. would appreciate that yeah. even though there isn't a VHS of this movie. Um, Luke would appreciate that idea of like the old VHS kind of from the video store that wobbles a little bit and maybe has someone, you know, rewound us part and it kind of gets a little grainy and whatever. Um, but yeah, maniac is one of those things folks that, um, as you're looking at, you know, is it worth, uh, checking out as it worth watching, you know, then, uh, you know, go check it out. If so, there was a way, can you get this thing digitally? Uh, I think you can, I think you might be on Amazon prime, but it's going to cost you no, a lot of money.
1: I mean, there, I mean, if there was a way just to, like, I, I, I'm sure it's not on... Uh, no, it's not on YouTube YouTube, right no,
2: no, No, because they oh, own the rights to it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if, if, if there was a way to watch this for free, uh, or, or at least on a, on a
2: streaming... Uh, uh, yeah, no, it's not streaming yeah. on Netflix or anything like that. You probably could get it, again, uh, depending on the time of year, sometimes they have them cheap, like...
0: Home well, home again, you-
2: what I would do is, I mean, just check out eBay. I'm sure that there are, yeah, no, there are tons
1: of people that, that are trying to dump these things now, especially, uh, you know, with, with, with COVID and people are out of work. I mean, it's really funny about eBay, is that there are people who are just selling things at unbelievably low prices, and then there are other people that have got the prices that you, you'd have to buy a Ferrari to, to, I mean, sell your Ferrari to pay for it. Yeah. But this is a movie, I think, that if you went on eBay, I haven't done it, you might be able to find it for a couple of dollars, yeah. and then they'll charge you three bucks to ship it, which is which is normal. If the, if you wanted to watch it, that's the way to do it, but don't go out of your way and spend a small fortune no, on this no, movie. No, of course not. Of course because not. I, because if, if you like this movie and are going to watch it a lot of times, uh, there might be something wrong with
2: you. <laughs> well, no. I mean, again, Dad, people like different things. But it's, again, it's one of those things. But if you like this movie, you probably own it already anyway. Yeah, that's, that's what it comes a, down that's that's to. You know, the people who are kind of on the fence, maybe do I want to do this or not, uh, you know, it's it's not worth spending a ton of money on. But I would definitely be interested. If you're interested in it, go check it out. Now, so the thing is, this is our... our November episode, and we always have a, tur- a Thanksgiving one. Now, the Thanksgiving episode this year is not a big turkey episode. Luke and I are going to do a pitched one. And then, Luke and I are going to talk about Master of the Universe. right? So you and I are going to be together again for Christmas, and that's why we talked about it, and for yeah. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Yes, there's a sequel cool. to the Killer Santa Claus movie. And now you're thinking is, but Jay, they shot him at the end. Don't worry, right. you'll see that again, and much, much more from the first one. If you liked one, you'll like most of two, and then you'll get to the other parts of two. Anyway, I don't want to give that away. Yeah. But the idea, folks, is uh, we've covered a bunch of stuff this year. Dad and I, again, are trying to hit you know all different things. If you have a suggestion you'd like to see, send us a note because we're always looking for ideas and different things, trying to mix here and there. Again, I don't like only talking about things from the 80s and what other things whatever. I mean, I love the 80s. I love 80s horror, but I'm trying to get Dad to watch some movies maybe he's never seen Friday the 13th. And, uh, you know, that maybe, you know, he, he hadn't seen a long time Maniac, right, kind of thing. Right. And then, like, Silent Night, Deadly 2. You've never seen Silent Night, Deadly yeah. 2.
1: So, well, well, you know what I'm doing. I mean, I have, I have believe it or not, I, I, I just, rec- I got over 3,500 movies yeah. downstairs. It's amazing how, I'm, over time. And I've gone through the list and trying to find movies that, that would be appropriate right, but to there, do. Okay, But there are definitely
2: movies yeah, that you don't have. That I have, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to push movies to you, and for those of you who are thinking like, okay, like, so you've heard us suggest uh, Upgrade, which was an outstanding movie, Overlord, right? So there's a new one coming. Now, it's not new. It came out this summer, but it's new to um, Blu-ray and DVD, and that's coming around Thanksgiving time. It's called Peninsula. It is the sequel to The Train to Busan. Okay, so let's say this. If you have not watched Train to Busan, Busan. go watch watch Train to Busan. Please go watch it. But I don't like zombies. I'm going to tell you right now, this is one of the best zombie movies I've ever seen. It is heart-wrenching at times. It's disgusting at times in a good way. The effects are good. Everything makes sense. And it is so topical. It is unbelievable how we are sitting through COVID and talking about the virus breakout like that. Now, other movies. Again, we keep coming, trying to come across different things to watch. Uh, one of the things that um, I just finally, I finally was able to watch uh, uh, during the fall. I was able to watch the season one of Creep Show, um, and the people are like, "Oh, how'd you miss that?" I just never had time to watch it. A lot of our friends worked on it. People that yeah. we are friends with for real reels, and people we've met like Greg Gattaro and uh, uh, you know people like that we've met as well. But go explore something new. Uh, we're looking for new movies, too. If you got something new that is good, not not schlock. Don't try to be like, hey, how about Santa's Chanta Jaws, which I've seen. Uh, no, no one wants to watch Santa Jaws again. I started watching going, wait, I've seen this. I don't need to watch it again. We were actually, uh, what was we, the one we were just were talking about? Um, oh, I totally just blanked on what the heck it was. So, the, the what? Train to present? No, 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 not that. We were talking about something else before. Um, trying to remember the other one that was good. We just were talking now I totally blanked on it. I had it in my head and I was going to mention it, but it doesn't matter. Peninsula's coming out um, around Thanksgiving time. Right. Check out Train to Busan. Peninsula is supposed to be just as good. I haven't seen Peninsula. I can't I can't say I've seen it, so I can recommend it that way. But I'm telling you now, I got it pre-ordered. Dad's got it pre-ordered. We're looking forward to it. Train to Busan, if you haven't seen it, well worth your time. Peninsula should be good. It's, it, it's the same people. It's it got... Crazy reviews it did, like good reviews, and it made a ton of money in a time you can't make money, right? Um, Yeah, I don't remember what the other one was. It was something else that we we literally just were talking about, now I forgot it. Um, The other thing, folks, too, obviously, um, did you see Maniac? I mean, are you old? I mean, you have to be a little older than me, obviously, to have seen this. Did you see it? Do you remember seeing it? Like, did you live somewhere in the Midwest, and maybe it showed in, like, a midnight showing in the mid-'80s or something like that? I'd love to hear about it because – I've never met anybody who's seen this movie in the theater, right? right. you know, kind of thing. Um, and what we're going to do is obviously going into next year as we start looking at what we're going. We're going to again drop back into like the fifties and sixties and grab like you know classics there. We're going to try to get some newer stuff. We're going to try and grab some eighties horror stuff. Um, for those who who know uh, uh, Search of Darkness, the original uh, the, the documentary, the four hour documentary about eighties horror, eighties and nineties horror, the second one is coming out. It'll be, I already pre-ordered it. It's coming out digitally around Thanksgiving time. It's coming out in December, okay, for Christmas. Those are kind of cool things if you're willing to check those out. So I think we're good with uh, Maniac Dad. Um, So, you know, next time Dad will be here. Like I said, Luke and I will be at the next couple. Then Dad will be back, and we'll talk about, uh, you know, the the holiday classic of Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. And so, folks, you know, like we said, if you got suggestions, we'd love to hear from you. Emails, we always love. So until then, keep those cards and letters coming, and keep watching the skies.
0: This is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until a few days ago, was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters, or as they're called in Japan, kaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at 2 True Freaks. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality.
2: This has been an episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please email the show at bots.com. Bugsbabes at gmail.com. If you'd like to find me online, I'm on Facebook under my name, Jason Jacknetty. I often contribute to the Two True Freaks Facebook group. You can visit my Facebook page, The Art of Horror Collective, and you can search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective. On Instagram, find me under my name, Jason Jacknetty, and search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, #BotsBugsBabesPodcast. Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter, at Jason Jackanetti, and you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review, discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway.
0: There is no Tomorrow! There is no tomorrow! There is no tomorrow! Will you stop?